The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To be inspired, informed, motivated, and recharged on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style Be the Star You Are, with your hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Every day is a stellar day on Star Style Be the Star You Are. Let's get this party started. Cynthia will be back to kick it all off after this break. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. So have you gotten your flu shot yet? Are you afraid of getting sick or are you afraid of a shot? We'll find out everything about H1N1 today with Heather Brittany and myself as we discuss how to protect yourself against the flu virus. And then are you feeling in a rut? Are you getting stuck? Well, Libby Gill is going to join us in our second segment with tips from her book, you on stuck. And then if you'd like a guide to sustainable living, we're going to be able to ask Sharon Astick as she shares food storage and preservation tips 
in our final segment with her book, Independence Days. It's the hour of power, and it's party time. And I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Rainey. And we want to welcome you to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with you every single week. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the sponsor of the 6th Annual Be the Star You Are essay contest, Bill Gladstone, with his book, The Twelve. Visit www.12thebook.com. And to enter the contest, be the star you are dot org. This is from the former USSR premier Nikita Khrushchev. Life is short, live it up. <laughs> I just never used your name Khrushchev, and boy, he did live it up. He was always chasing me around the barnyard, biting me in the butt. But I think I learned something from him is we got to learn to bite back, right? <laughs> well, people, Heather, are really worried about the swine flu, the avian flu, basically the flu in general. And no matter how healthy you are, you may be susceptible, how will I say that word, susceptible <laughs> to colds and flus. And one thing that you don't want to share with your family and friends and co-workers during this season is the cold or the flu. So how can we keep those pesky viruses away from us this year? Tell us a little bit about how they're transferred, first of all, Heather. Well, as you might hear all over the news, this H1N1, formerly known as the swine flu, and it's a new influenza that was first detected in April of 2009 this year. And why there's, you know, originally uh, why it was called the swine flu is because they thought in laboratory testing, they thought that there were certain genes um, in this virus of the flu that were also a, uh, a, a flu common found in pigs, such as swine. <laughs> Um, but they changed that name because in later testing they discovered it's not the same. And similar to with the avian flu, as you mentioned, um, you cannot get it from pigs or, or horse products of any nature like that. But, of course, when people heard that in the name, people created this huge you know, fear. You know, Heather, if this is the same swine flu that was um, like in the 1970s, it might have been the 60s, and it was a pretty bad Yeah, flu. I believe it was 1976 was okay. when they had it. And that's when people, you know, so that was something, too, people are saying, well, you know, if I got the vaccination, uh, then, you know, am I still protected? No, just as, though it was similar, it's not the same one. Just as every single year... Um, they every flu season, you know, when all these flu vaccines come out, every year it's uh, brand new strands of the flu. No single year is the same, but how they know is the year before, um, based on the trade winds and all the cases that they're getting, they're able to guess what they believe um, the flu is going to be like in the following year, and that's why they have these flu shots available. Why this has really kind of taken... Um, you know, it's not America, but in sense the world off its knees, is this came on out of nowhere, it seemed like, and they were so unprepared, and all the, you know, these studies hadn't been done yet, and these laboratory testing, so normally where they have a year to prepare to make these vaccines, to guess, you know, what um, viruses are going to be in it, they didn't have that this year, and this really kind of took them by surprise, and that's oh, why I knew it. Aren't the viruses always kind of mutating? Because exactly, the exactly. problem is, is as soon as a vaccination comes out, then it's almost like that one's over and the new one is mutated. But the real truth about colds and flu in general is that millions of people are going to get sick every year with them. 
and there's all kinds of myths about how they spread, but the simple, absolute truth is the main way that you come down with one of these viruses is from a sick person coughing or sneezing or shaking hands uh, or touching a surface, right, that has the virus on it. Completely. All, all of those ways. The biggest spread is if someone else is sick and you're around them, but you can get it from, again, touching surfaces. If you're in a contained area, that's why it's really important that if your kid gets sick or if you're sick, to stay home. And now especially, you know, a lot of times people work through their illness or they think, oh, you know, I don't have uh, sick days for work. Workplaces have been really lenient this flu season um, just because, you know, as it's, health is all we have. And if more people, if you go into work and you get other people sick being in a closed containment, um, closed contained area, before you know it, you know, the whole company can go down because um, everyone is sick. And, you know, something that's so crazy about this is that each year 36,000 people die of uh, flu-related complications, and that's just the regular flu. So far this year, I believe um, a little more, some, somewhere in the 200s, I believe, um, people have died from the H1N1, um, which is astounding to see that, and though it's still a lot of people, you know, and it, it's very scary, compared to every year, 36,000 people die of the regular flu. And usually it's, um, you know, and a lot of these cases of people dying this year of this H1N1, it's that they had um, preset conditions, whether it being age, uh, whether they were sick with something else, or it triggered, you know, they were suffering from pneumonia previously. Well, and their, their immune, immune system was compromised in some way normally, or they're very young or they're very old. I mean, that's usually who are the fatalities of any kind of flu. Is that, isn't that true? Exactly, exactly. And they, you know, it's unfortunate right now that it's just um, everyone is in just such a hoopla, scared, but because we know so much about it. I mean, we know so little about it. Um, you know, as I said before, it's normally the CDC has a, an entire year to create these vaccines of what they believe, where they think it's, you know, who's going to need it, when it will come. And they didn't have that this year. And again, it keeps mutating, and, and uh, it just seems to be happening people really really hard and strong and and ways you know to um whether it's the regular flu or the h1n1 flu things to be careful you know when to stay home um things you know just if you start getting a fever sore throat you know body uh weakness all these kinds of things a headache um, sick even feeling fatigued right Huh? I mean, muscle aches and fatigue is another one. If you feel just, if you're just kind of achy all over. Exactly. And if you do, you know, ways of helping to prevent spreading it, you know, cover your nose or your mouth when you cough or sneeze, throw the tissue away, carry hand sanitizer with you, wash your hands after, um, you know, every time you go to the bathroom or you eat something. That's another big thing, too. Uh, produce. If you're buying stuff from the grocery store, always wash it. Uh, things as simple as grapes, you know, have dirt and dust. We saw all that stuff going on with E. coli, you know, being transferred on to people. Well, it's just like that, uh, being at the grocery store if someone is sick or if, you know, it just being out in the field. Wash well, I want to go back to if you before. sneeze or cough, if you don't have a tissue because it comes on quickly, don't just sneeze or cough. Turn your head and sneeze into your sleeve and that up into your upper arm. Don't cough into your hand because you're going to, unless you're going to be able to wash it immediately, because if you cough into your hand, you're probably going to touch somebody and then you could immediately infect somebody. But so 
it is said to cough into your sleeve. You can go ahead and wash your shirt. I want to talk about vaccinations, Heather. Like, who should get um, vaccinated? And it is an, I want to emphasize that it is an inactivated um, influenza vaccine. So what that means is that it is not a live virus. It is a killed virus, right? Exactly, and it's made for, um, they make it from an egg product. So also be advised of that if you have any um, particular food allergies so that you don't have uh, any kind of reaction. And that's another thing, too, uh, why a lot of parents, a lot of people are in uproars. They have to release that information about their about their being serious um, reactions to vaccinations, but it's just as with every medicine, every vaccine, you know, one in a million people might have, you know, might possibly die from the vaccine or might have really adverse reactions. And though it's such a small number, they have to release that information by law. And that puts people in a big hoopla. But at the same time, more people are dying from not getting the vaccine. Um, So with that being said, right now there's currently a shortage on the H1N1 vaccine, but as soon as it becomes available... Um, to everyone, get it. But the target groups include pregnant women, people who live with or care for children younger than six months of age, healthcare and emergency medical service personnel, people between the ages of six months and 24 years old, people 25 through 64 who are at high risk for H1N1 because they have some kind of chronic health disorder or a compromised immune uh, system. systems. So basically, as you heard me say, almost nearly everyone. Um, you know, once, as soon as the vaccine is available, uh, available for everyone, everyone will be able to get it. But there are, you know, if you're perfectly healthy, you're not, you know, in um, caring for young children, working in a medical field, don't have the sick problems, let that, you know, it's terrible. I've seen on the news that people are going, waiting hours and hours in line and then finding out, you know, in a sense, they, they don't fall into these categories and they're too healthy to get the vaccine. So well, I waited, you know, as you know, I went to four different places and waited in line only to get to the top of the line and be told there was no more vaccine. I finally got a, a, a vaccination, and I was the last person to get it at this particular store. But one of the things I wanted to encourage, because young people, I mean, when I say this, I mean like teenagers and college-age students, so often feel so healthy that they tend to not go and get it. But if you're living in a dormitory or you're living in a fraternity or sorority house or you're living in any kind of group facility, you want to prevent an outbreak. And that is, it's really recommended that you would get the influenza vaccine. Exactly. And, um, you know, other things too, as you've seen, it's flu season right now. And especially with this, be prepared. If you're unable to get, if the vaccine isn't available in your area or, you know, you don't fall into one of those categories or for some reason you're unable to get it uh, due to, you know, if you do have certain allergies, make sure your house is ready for in case you do get sick. Just have that think in your mind, I am going to get sick so that you are prepared. That's a Um, really great idea because what you're saying is have some cold medicine, have some cough medicine, have aspirin and... Yeah, exactly. or Tylenol. Yeah, do, exactly. Have, have soups in there, teas, medicines, um, you know, cold packs, all these kinds of things. Because if you get sick, you might be too weak, you know, to go out and get it. And further, if you're out sick, people don't want you in, you know, the grocery store buying all these things. 
And also, I just want to throw one other thing. If you have, if you have any friend or family member who may be in a hospital for any reason and you're feeling a little bit sick, stay home. The worst thing to do is to go to the hospital if you're feeling ill to visit someone because you could end up contaminating the whole hospital area. So if you're experiencing like symptoms, let's reiterate it. Stay home from school. Stay home from work. Stay away from public areas until your fever is broken and you are at least 24 hours without the aid of any medication and you feel better. Well, let's give out the website. Heather, this is so great information to get about the flu and how to stay healthy. Most definitely. We want you to be healthy and to be healthy in the brain. A leader is a reader. So please check out the website, bethestarur.org, bethestarur.com. Uh, Carmine Clutches, that's myspace.com forward slash Carmine Clutches, both with a K. And, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a good read or maybe if you find yourself your home sick and you need some rest, uh, grab the new book to, uh, be the star you are for teens. Uh, they're having lots of new little book signings coming up and it's just a phenomenal read. Uh, we are so excited about it. We've got some television scheduled and radio shows and You'll be able to see the contributors and meet them to meet the teens in person. So make sure you go to BeTheStarYouAre.com. As Heather said, check on events. There's a calendar there. And if you'd like to schedule an event for myself, Heather, any of our contributors, we have 38 of them, just uh, send me an email, Cynthia at Star-Style.com, and we'll make sure to get somebody in your area that will come and talk to you. And so when we come back from break, if you are thinking that you are in a rut, help is on the way because in our next segment, we have life coach Libby Gill. She is going to join us with her new book, You Unstuck. She's going to make you accountable. So get ready. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Brittany. On Star Style, Be the Star You Are. This is just the beginning. Stay healthy and stay tuned. We'll be right back with Libby. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. 
Are you wondering how to jumpstart your life while bringing more excitement and joy into every moment? Join the Goddess Gals, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, each week on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. You'll hear from the experts and authors that inspire and motivate you to be your greatest, unique self. Plus, in Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Cynthia and Heather tackle the topics and tips that make a difference. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio Studio A. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Have you ever wondered how so many successful sports stars achieve their status? Many attest to the power of visualization. Mental imagery uses the unconscious mind to help you succeed in your endeavors. Here's how to tap into your own visualization method. Sit in a place where you can relax and be quiet and contemplative. Breathe deeply. Use diaphragmatic breaths. Imagine your upcoming situation and see yourself being calm, confident, and energized. Walk yourself through the meeting, the game, the negotiation, or whatever the challenge you're facing. Rehearse a winning performance and visualize yourself succeeding in every way. Notice everyone around you, including the sounds, the sights, smells, and environment. Practice this visualization repeatedly till you feel you have accomplished your goal. Now you're ready for the real event. Enjoy the proceedings. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For coaching, consultations, or engagement bookings, call 925-377-7827 or visit CynthiaBryan.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestaryouare.org. Now, back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, thanks for staying tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach. Are you in a rut? Do you fear change? Are you doing the same old things over and over and know firsthand the definition of insanity? Well, thank goodness you are listening to this program because executive coach, Best-selling author and my success sister, Libby Gill, is going to help you get unstuck in your careers, in your relationships, in your body image, in your health, and in your finances with her new book, You Unstuck, Mastering the New Rules of Risk-Taking in Work and Life. Welcome back, Libby. Thank you, Cynthia. So nice to be here. Oh, I really love this book. I loved your first book, Traveling Hopefully, but... You've outdone yourself this time. I can really see why you're called the queen of accountability. (laughs) I want you you to help our listeners learn to clarify, simplify, and execute so that they can learn and live some lives that they've designed and that they'll enjoy instead of, you know, doing this whole quiet desperation thing. Yeah, exactly. And, And what happens for a lot of people is 
we go from day to day a little bit mindlessly. With We get into sort of a maintenance mode rut without really thinking about where we want to go. And even those of us who are, are blessed with a great life and things look really good from the outside, we've got a nice family, spouse, we're successful, there's often one area, whether it's our fitness or finances or one area that we're ignoring, and now with all the craziness that's been happening with the recession and people's jobs, they're also at the other end of the spectrum. There are people who are just in absolute overwhelm because either they've lost a, their nest egg, you know, their 401K, they've been laid off, and they're just in a tailspin and finding it very hard to pick themselves up and start over. Well, and this is where you come in because you have been and you are an executive coach. You work with individuals, companies, et cetera, to help people really reevaluate re- and to get them to the next step. You have this wonderful success and satisfaction self-assessment that I thought was just so non-invasive and was excellent to give us an idea of where we are in our lives and what area we need to kind of make a tune-up. Well, you, one thing, thank you for that. One thing I wanted to do in the book was what we, when we think about change, often we just think we've got to change everything and it becomes so huge and overwhelming that people just back down because it's just too daunting. So with the satisfaction self-assessment, I have people look at their lives, 10 key areas, like some of the ones you mentioned, career, your significant other, your family, all of these different areas of life, and rate yourself on a 1 to 10 scale. And the reason for that is it immediately highlights those areas of urgency. And 1 is the lowest, not working at all, and 10 is the highest. That's working great. So the first thing you do is is look at what you rate yourself, not by anybody's standard but your own. And if you say, wow, my relationships with my family are so great, I'd give that a 9, you can celebrate that success and sort of take that off your list and move on to the things where you have low numbers. Maybe you've said your health and your self-care is a 2 because you're not handling your stress, you're either you're stress eating or you're not on a fitness regimen. And once you really have to put a number on that and look at it and you kind of get that ouch, you mean my, my relationship with my spouse is a three right now? We're just not making time to, for each other or whatever that is. You look at those areas and start with the areas of most urgency, not i got to make over my entire life today. You're talking about just taking little baby steps because by the inch it's a cinch, but by the mile it's much tougher. And what you have in your book, we're talking to Libby Gill in her new book, You Unstuck. You have these wonderful areas in each chapter called Risk Taker's Tool. And you really are a person that talks about risk a lot. And so many people fear risk, you know, or they, they fear fear, or they fear there's many things that they fear. But this risk taker's tool really can help people assess where they are as well. And, and it gives people, I like to give people a really simple reminder. I mean, if you think about it, if you improved your life in key areas like family, work, finances, health and fitness, if you improved all those things 1% or 2% a day, maybe in some areas 5% a day, think about where you would be in a year or five years or a decade or at the end of your life if you're always moving in a positive direction. Now, this is not to say that, that setbacks don't happen and people that don't anticipate, and you don't have to live under a dark cloud, but you know things can happen. Either you or somebody in your family is going to get sick. It's inevitable, especially this time of year. That's going to happen 
something's going to happen with work, either a technology issue or somehow you'll get derailed, those things just are part of life. And the people who say, oh, my gosh, I had this huge setback. You know, my computer crashed. Well, you know, join the, the rest of us. It happens right, exactly. to everyone. It happens to everybody. And you, um, you have an accountability club. I want you to talk about this because what I feel that you unstuck is about and what you personally are about, Libby, is not, it's not just saying you're going to do it, but really walking the talk and taking measured risks and being accountable for what you say you're going to do. Tell us how you help people through your accountability club and what it is. Sure. Well, as much stress as we put on ourselves, I, I also think we let ourselves off the hook a little bit too easily often. And the excuses are usually true. There's not enough time in the day. There's information overload, you know, all of these things. But it's those of us who can say, this is, I have a very clear vision I know where I want to be in a year, not five or ten years, but I see where I want to be in a year. And you back that into monthly milestones. What do I want to accomplish? What's the one big thing that if I get it done in a month, I'm going to say, wow, I feel fabulous. That's great. I did what I needed to do. I'm so happy. That's awesome. And then you break that down into even smaller chunks. And what I did, because I found most people know that. It's, it's common sense. It's just not common practice very often. So I formed a group of people, my, my accountability community, and I have a once-a-month coaching call. It's always the last Thursday of every month. I bring on a great expert who has their view, their, their sort of perspective on life change. And some are, uh, I've had psychiatrists and authors and just all different kinds of people to give us, and some are very practical, time management, to give us tools on lasting change. And then we do an hour on setting those milestones. You identify what's your milestone for next month and how are you going to feel when you hit it. And then we look backward. What was your milestone last month? Did you hit it? If so, great. Let us know how you feel. And people will say, oh, it's awesome. I feel fabulous. And if you didn't hit it, it's not to point fingers or blame. It's to say, okay, what do we need to do differently? Do you need to reframe that goal? Was it was the goal too high? Was it not realistic? Was there not enough time to accomplish it? Do you need to replace it? Was it just the wrong choice? So we really look at how do you stay how do you stay on this track and move forward? And I always tell people we're going to realize your vision one monthly milestone at a time. Well, because first of all, before you can realize your vision, you got to clarify that vision. Right. You got to know what it is, and you have to know. You you know you can say I want to live the dream, but you got to know what the dream is. And yep. then you figure out how to get there. And because you're doing this together and as a group and you as a guide and a coach, people will get there faster. Now, something you have done in your book, again, we're talking to Libby Gill. She's the author of You Unstuck. You also know her from her book, Traveling Hopefully, is that you also have been in situations where everything wasn't perfect. So. Share a little bit about your past and your rise to the top because you didn't just start as an author. You actually were a big Hollywood exec. Yeah, and I was stuck. I was, I was a Hollywood executive. I was one of those people who, like many, came from a, a fairly chaotic background of alcohol and alcoholic parents, mental illness in my family, all kinds of drama and chaos. And I sort of grew up thinking, you know, keep your mouth shut and do the job, and nobody really cares what your dreams are. And I got into working in Hollywood, and I was very successful, and I was really fortunate to have a great career. But I got to this point where I thought, wow, I've worked really hard to end up where I didn't really want to be, and now how do I reinvent? How do I reclaim myself? 
And the way I knew I was stuck was just with that nagging feeling of, wow, I'm in this stress-filled job. I don't really feel passionate about it. My marriage isn't working any longer. I'm 30 pounds overweight. I'm miserable. And I had to really look at that. And you've got, at that point, and, and I was pretty far down that path, you've got a couple of choices. You can either say, well, just, you know, buck up and stiff upper lip and keep marching forward and do it. And there's nothing wrong if that's the decision you need to make at the time. Or you can make a decision to take a risk and do something new. And I decided it was time to change careers. And I, I ended up leaving the corporate world and starting over and starting my own business. And I was, you know, I had the same excuses and the same hardships as everybody else. I was 47 years old. I was sole support of my family. And I left the corporate world. I started my own company. I published my first book all in the same year. It was a pretty challenging time. And, and it has to be very frightening, which is something you also talk about, is that everybody has fears. And when people say that they fear failure, they fear success, we have to just recognize what the fear is. And like your friend and author, Susan Jeffers says, is we got to do it anyway because yep. it's the only way to overcome it. Yeah, and, and if people understand, and I wrote a whole chapter in you on Stuck About Fear because, and did a lot of research on it, because there are, if we understand a little bit about our own physiology and our own brains, we're dealing with a primitive part of the brain that recognizes fear the same way we did in caveman days. But back then when we were really, every day was about physical danger and predators and all of those things. Now we don't live in quite that same danger-filled environment, but we live in a data environment. And yet, when we've got to give up, get up and give a presentation to our boss or go on a first date or make a sales presentation, those same kinds of fears kick in, and we have the same involuntary responses from the, the sweaty palms to the rapid heart rate, and all of these things happen. And people, there's an interesting thing I discovered in doing my research. There's uh, scientists have recently come to recognize that we don't just remember the fear of the event. If we, if we think, wow, I gave this speech in high school and I was so terrible, everybody laughed at me, and now I can't stand to get up in front of a crowd, we're not just remembering that event. We're doing what they call, the scientists call, fear memory consolidation. So we're remembering the memory of the memory of the memory of the memory. So we're remembering every memory of that event, so we make it so much bigger than it ever was in the first place. Yeah, we're really re-experiencing it. I know you, yeah, I, I kind of chuckled when you talked about the crocodile, you know, how we would be afraid that uh, that fear served us fine if when we were walking we might be eaten by a crocodile, but we're not, we're not that many crocodiles anymore unless you live in an area where there are crocodiles. Exactly. What kind of things do you see that people get most stuck on? I would think that weight, relationships, and finances would be probably the top the top three. Is that true or not really? Uh, all of those, and also they often get stuck in their careers. You know, they'll get, and, and now, granted, it's a tough time and people are hanging on to the jobs they have, and I fully understand that. But often people will hit a dead end in their careers and think, okay, well, I'm not going to stick my neck out because, you know, I'm just lucky to be here. And so it's the limiting assumptions, it's our own self belief system. What we tell ourselves becomes our truth. And the difference between people who can get themselves unstuck and the people who stay stuck in the bad relationship or the overspending, the binge spending, or knowing that they need to exercise but they're not getting on the program is they leave their own assumptions, those limiting assumptions, unchallenged. And all you have to do is sort of look below the surface. So if somebody says, 
Well, I'm fat because, you know, everybody in my family's fat, always have been, always will be, and that's just the story. Well, okay, you can tell yourself that, but is it really true? Probably not. And it often, we, we tend to believe what we believe simply because we believe it. There's not necessarily a rationale. There's not good empirical data to back that up. But over time, it becomes our truth and our story. And it's only by looking at that and saying, wow, do I want to be living? I mean, for me, it was, do I want to be that fat, frumpy woman who's 30 pounds overweight and not cute and fun and laughing anymore? And I thought, no, I just no. don't want to be that. I think you have to feel the pain before you make the change. Well, let's tell people, Libby, how to get your book, how to get in touch with you, how to join the accountability club. I know you offer uh, telecourses. You help entrepreneurs. You're just helpful all the way around. <laughs> so LibbyGill.com is the website. LibbyGill.com is the website. They can, of course, buy the book at Amazon or Barnes & Nobles, but they can go online and get it at Amazon. And they can find out about my accountability club also on LibbyGill.com. And uh, I've got a brand-new website that will be up soon called, they can see it now, MyAccountabilityClub.com. And that's, a, as I mentioned, that's the monthly call, and it's so exciting to hear the people repeat, I did it, and I feel awesome. Well, everyone out there, you can do it, too. Pick up a copy of Libby Gill's book, You on Stuck, Mastering the Rules of Risk-Taking in Work and Life. These are the new rules of risk-taking. And as you can tell, Libby has lived it. She, she lives it, breathes it, and helps other people overcome to be the best person they can. She also has a chapter in the book, Be the Star You Are for Teens. It's called, of course, The Gift of Risk. Visit LibbyGill.com and MyAccountabilityClub.com. You won't be disappointed. Libby, as always, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Well, best of success. We'll be talking soon. Libby Gill, you unstuck, LibbyGill.com. And when we come back from break, we're going to go into the garden and we're going to be sustainable. I want you to start eating what you grow. When we come back, Sharon Astick will be with us with Independence Days. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. Thanks again for listening. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk.
Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Are you wondering how to jumpstart your life while bringing more excitement and joy into every moment? Join the Goddess Gals, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, each week on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. You'll hear from the experts and authors that inspire and motivate you to be your greatest unique self. Plus, in Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Cynthia and Heather tackle the topics and tips that make a difference. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio, Studio. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now, back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, aren't you glad you're listening to the Power Hour of Star Style, Be the Star You Are? So far, we have helped you avoid the flu. We've got you on stuck. And now we're going to help you live a more sustainable and healthy life. Sharon Astick is a former academic and city dweller who has turned subsidence farmer, activist, and prolific blogger. She lives with her family and her livestock on a farm in upstate New York where she grows her own food, she cans her own vegetables and fruit, and her book is Independence Day, A Guide to Sustainable Food Storage and Preservation. Welcome, Sharon, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I was really enjoying your book because I, too, I was intrigued. I, too, I grew up on a farm. We always grew our own food. We always canned the extras. And that way we would have food and freshness all year long. But um, today I still live on a mini farm, and I have to tell you, over the years, people have laughed at me for all my homegrown stuff when it's so much easier just to go down to the store, blah, blah, blah. So how exciting that you have actually put together a book that really illustrates to people how easy and healthy and better for you it is to grow your own and to preserve it. Tell us about your journey from city to farm and what it made, why it's so important to eat healthy. Well, we were sort of crazy. Um, I think that really that's the only way to describe it is my husband and I were sort of seized with this desire to eat better. And since we were really low-income graduate students, we realized the only way we could afford to eat the kind of food that we wanted to was to grow it ourselves. 
Um, so we ended up moving out into this little battered farm out in New York and started growing gardens. And it, you know, they say that God keep, takes care of, you know, children and fools. And we, <laughs> you know, we qualified, you know. So it was one of those things where it turned out to be a lot easier than we thought and more exciting. And, of course, once we had this garden producing all this food, you, we couldn't just let it rot. So we started investigating ways to put it up. And so, was it difficult in the beginning? I mean, you guys were both on the same page about it, though, right? I mean, he wanted it as well. He did. Um, my husband grew up in an apartment where, I mean, I sort of joke that they used to call the super in to change the light bulbs. I'm not sure that's actually true, but it's a pretty close analysis. Well, he didn't he really liked know the idea. He wasn't was sure he was, curve. you know, about the reality. Right, right. So uh, how about for you, though? You just kind of dove back right in there. You did you just start finding out about how to can, all of those things. And some of these recipes that you have in here, um, I love it. I mean, I'm looking forward to making a couple. And some I've seen, like, in really old cookbooks uh, that my mom had had from, like, the 30s. Yeah, in my first chapter, actually, one of the things that I do is I took some old recipes from the Depression that people, you know, had used then and sort of, tried to update them for today because I think, you know, for a lot of top people, money's tight. And one of the important things about preserving is that it really can make it easier to get to the end of the month. Well, and you're doing this on a constant basis now. So you're constantly planting new things and then rotating. And, and the great thing is, is you've gotten your kids involved and they seem to be enjoying it as well. They are. People always think I'm lying when I say that my kids eat kale and broccoli and collard greens and things like that. But the thing is, they help plant them and they play in the garden, and so they get excited yes. by this stuff. I, and Karen, um, they really gardener. like it. I so agree with you there. I really feel if you get kids involved in nature, you get kids out digging in the dirt, you let them plant the carrots, and they're, they're going to eat what they what they grow, and they get really excited to see the fruits of their labor. Literally. Absolutely. So are you canning all kinds of things? I liked what, like one of your tips was just saying, hey, you can be as simple as picking your apples and storing them in a dark uh, place so that you have apples for quite a while. I think that we get so wrapped up in the fact that if it's not wrapped up and coming from the supermarket, it's not okay. And it's really time to go back to some values and some ways that were done in the past because it was healthier. I think that's right, and I think a lot of people think when they think about preserving food, they think I'm going to be standing over a hot canning kettle for five hours, you know, every day. But a lot of the ways of of preserving food are much simpler than that. I mean, canning is wonderful; it makes you know great jam and great pickles and and things. But there are a lot of methods here, some of which are much much simpler and less time consuming. Well, let's talk about what you feel is the most simplest for you, because. My sister still does tons and tons and tons of canning, and she puts up the peaches and the pears, and, and my mom does all the tomato sauces, and we all, you know, do all that. I became lazier, and you talked about this in your book, and I started doing my, the freezer thing, which is so true that if the electricity went out, I guess I have a generator, so it would last maybe two weeks, uh, so it would keep it cold, but canning, you don't need a refrigerator, you don't need a freezer. So canning is the safest way to go to really save that for that rainy day when maybe something, you know, you might have some kind of uh, act of God that happens. Tell us what your favorite way is. 
I really love canning. Um, I Again, I've had that experience of losing a whole freezer worth of food, and it's just awful. So I do uh, sort of avoid freezing if anything that I can't afford to lose. Um, it has its place. But I, you know what I love is I love root cellaring. And it sounds like you have to have a fancy basement in a strange place, but really you just need a cool place that doesn't freeze. And it's a, and you put your potatoes, your onions, your apples, and carrots and things in there and just put them in a bucket and leave them. And they stay good as though they were in the refrigerator often for months. We eat our apples in May that we bought in October, and they were cheap back then, and they're not so cheap in May. Oh, see, that is such a great idea. And the only thing that I wanted to throw in there is to have them in separate buckets because yes. if you get one bad apple, it'll start spoiling things. But that is, it really does work for all the kinds of root, uh, root vegetables. And you could have your parsnips and your rutabagas and things like that in there too that, are, that really offer healthy sustenance. That is a, that's a, a great one, and people don't really look at that as preservation, though, I don't think. Yeah, and it's so simple. I mean, right now, a lot of farmers are selling those kinds of crops really inexpensively, and I think for families that are having trouble by having enough money, it's just so much cheaper to go buy 50 pounds of potatoes at the farmer's market than it is to buy them five pounds at a time in the supermarket over the course of the winter. Exactly, or, you know, you could get your squash and your pumpkins and things like that right now that are really inexpensive. So I think what you're saying is to look at the markets and see what's available, what's fresh, instead of importing it from somewhere else, what, what is fresh right now? And then consider taking care of that and preserving it or storing it or canning it or even freezing it if that's all you have so that you can get through the months when it's not available. You know, we've gotten very spoiled, haven't we, because of... Now with air, you know, the travel, et cetera, that you can fly things in from South America or from Asia. I mean, things are flown in. But unfortunately, we don't always have the fresh pick, so we're not getting the nutrients. Yeah, the nutritional value is always going to be at its peak, you know, when you're sort of putting away your fresh stuff when it's in season. And the other thing is not just nutrients but flavor. I mean, mm-hmm. the reality is those strawberries you get in the supermarket in February just don't taste like the ones you you get in the summer. And even I find that my jam and my dried strawberries taste a lot better to me than those sort of watery February strawberries. Have you found that you become a snob with certain things? I mean, i got to tell you, I, I grew up, um, well, and I still have. You know, I had vineyards and orange trees and stuff. There's a few things that I will not buy at a store, and those are grapes, oranges, tomatoes. I just think that and it, uh, they don't have any flavor. I mean, I don't know if I've ever bought one that tasted like it. I won't even order them out at a restaurant. I only want to grow my own. Do you have any certain thing that you're really adamant about that you feel is the mo- really important to grow on your own? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously tomatoes. I mean, those are the sort of ones that you just can't duplicate. Um, and actually, I really like potatoes that are homegrown. When they no, come out of the right. ground, the they have a sweetness sweeter, to them they? that I find that I just can't. I don't like supermarket tomatoes. They don't have potatoes, rather. They don't have the same flavor. It's, well, you know, it's probably with just a, a lot of, lot of things. But you're right. I, I just harvested some of my potatoes, my new potatoes lately, and they were, they're just so delicious, and they didn't need any salt or butter or anything. <laughs> you can see why people like potatoes. I really love your recipe. I think this one was a depression area one that you kind of, um, kind of uh, fixed up, which was the salmon cakes. 
Yeah, actually, my family eats that all the time. Um, it's really easy. It's just basically mashed potatoes mixed with canned salmon and a little egg and baked, and it's, you know, a staple here because it's really easy. Uh, we serve it, you know, with chipotle sauce, or my kids eat it with ketchup. And can you make that, like, into, can that be appetizers, too? Absolutely. If you made small ones, particularly um, my husband makes a sauce for them out of diluted mayonnaise with lemon juice and chipotles, and it's really good. Oh, yeah. It just, you know, that, that really, I, and it looks, it's just such an easy one. And, of course, you could probably substitute tuna or do, you know, some other kind of fish at the same time. But one of the things, we're talking right now to uh, Sharon Astic. She's the author of Independence Days, A Guide to Sustainable Food Storage and Preservation. She's also a major blogger, and you can check out her, her blogs at uh, SharonAstic.com or HenAndHarvest.com. Do you have chickens? I do. I do, too. I've, I've raised chickens my whole life. Don't you love your hands? We my do. Girl, they're, the they're so much fun to watch and to, you know, they're just my kids carry them around, you know. It's, it's really cute. Well, what I think is so important about having a barnyard is the fact that you really are sustainable and you really are living green. I mean, everything, when I, whatever I pull out of the garden, anytime I weed, anytime I prune, it goes to the barnyard. The animals, you know, I, have, I have chickens and ducks and geese and rabbits and goats and all that stuff. They eat it. Then I clean their, their barn manure. It goes back into the garden, and it just, re, you know, going round and round. And now I have neighbors that don't have animals that have moved from the city, and they're so excited. I've given them five-gallon buckets, and they put all their food scraps and leave it at the end of my driveway because they don't want to waste. And, you know, instead of having to put things down the garbage disposal, if you have a, a couple of chickens or two, they can take care of all that and then give you your fertilizer for your garden. That's so wonderful. That's, you know, I'm, I... We do pretty much the same thing. You know, we, we get scraps actually from a friend of ours who has a small um, convenience store, and she makes sandwiches and things, and we get the scraps and we feed them to our chickens. And it's such a wonderful thing because almost half of all the food in the world is wasted. It's really sad. I mean, it makes me really – I feel this is why I think your book is important, is that it doesn't really matter where you live. We can all take the first step to preserving our food, to being more sustainable, to being green. I, be, I want to ask you one quick thing about salting. I have never really salted other than making, you know, jerky, deer jerky or beef jerky, something like that. Is that a preservation uh, method that you, I know it, it's salty, but it's, this is what's been done for centuries. How do you find doing that in your, with your family? Well, we don't eat a lot of salted foods because, it's, you know, it's not great for you. But I do feel, you know, I grew up on the coast of Massachusetts where there were a lot of pork chickies immigrants. So I grew up eating um, salt cod or bacalao, we called. And I actually really love that. It's a great way to preserve fish. Um, when, again, you know, if you're getting freshwater fish and, cut, and putting up your own. So there's a place, you know, and everybody, of course, knows about salt pork and baked beans. Um, there's a place for those foods, but I think it's as an accent to other foods, not as sort of a thing you eat every single day. Well, if people want to learn how to preserve foods, how to be more sustainable, and get some excellent, delicious recipes that are very simple, to make and will be healthy for the family, pick up a copy of the book, Independence Days, A Guide to Sustainable Food Storage and Preservation by Sharon Astick. Give out your website again, would you, Sharon? 
It's www.sharonastic.com, and Astic is spelled A-S-T-Y-K. And then also you are blogging, and it sounds like you are just a prolific writer. Are you, are you working on another book right now? I am, actually. I'm working on a book about how people can reduce their energy usage in their home. Hey, that's going to be interesting. Everybody wants to do that right now. We're here in, in California. Boy, the energy is very, very expensive. Here, too. So, you know, and sure, I'm sure that especially in cold climates, people are really concerned about how they're going to pay their bills and especially in our economic uh, situation. So good for you to be doing it. And I just want to encourage people to really look outside and what can they eat. I mean, there's, there's lots of different weeds that are edible, too. Those dandelions don't have to be sprayed. How about putting them in your salad, right, Sharon? That stuff is wonderful. I couldn't go without wild greens. They're I, so delicious. I'm really into picking all the wild things. It's where the wild things live. <laughs> good for us and good for nature. It's like, look at nature. What are, what's everybody else eating? We don't have to do it from the store. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and sharing Independence Days. I wish I had a jar of your pickles right now. That Your cover of the book is just delectable. <laughs> I wish I could send one through the phone line. Oh, well, I'll just pretend. It's been a pleasure. Go to SharonAstic.com. Independence Days is the book. Sharon, thank you so much. Thanks and so much for having me. You, It is my pleasure. And thanks to all of you for being loyal listeners. It is my delight to be with you each week, bringing you the experts and the authors who enhance and change your life for the better, make you healthy and happy. For more information about Be The Star You Are, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Pick up a copy of our new book, Be The Star You Are for Teens, BeTheStarYouAre.com. You can get it there. Or if you want to contact me, CynthiaBryan.com. All our products and books make great gifts. Until we meet again for an hour of power next week, Stay healthy, get unstuck, and become independent through sustainability. Let's grow our own food together. Thanks for joining me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Now go out in the world and be the star you are. Ciao for now. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are Nonprofit Corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker, a dreamer, with courage to give.